Hi, I'm Katie Marquette, and you're listening to Born of Wonder. And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. Hello and welcome to Born of Wonder. I'm Katie Marquette and on this podcast we explore anything and everything that inspires wonder and awe in the world. On today's episode we're going to be talking about uh, one of the world's most famous magical creatures, unicorns. Um, (laughs) Unicorns were an obsession of mine growing up. They probably are for a lot of little girls. and I'm so excited that I get to revisit them. I'm so excited that this is how I'm spending my time here. I'm 31 years old and I've been researching unicorns for the past hour. So I think that my six-year-old self would be very happy with how my life has turned out. So uh, good news for me there. Uh, <laughs> unicorns came back into my head recently because I was uh, learning about Scotland, as I do. And um, I had known this but I think I had forgotten that the unicorn is Scotland's national animal uh you know that is their that's their animal so if you need any more confirmation that Scotland is a magical place uh look at this their national animal is the unicorn you know we have the eagle other countries I you know I don't I think I mean it's like the kangaroo for Australia maybe you know I mean they're real animals um hey I'm not saying unicorns aren't real so you know but (laughs) at least as far as most people are concerned they are considered a mythical animal so um that's their national animal though how cool is that and you will find unicorns everywhere all over scotland you'll find them on pubs and buildings and um and and crosswalks and all kinds of things and of course all over castles um as a heraldic symbol there is even a uh a really really cool job it's not a job a title um is that you could be the uh, uh be the official unicorn pursuivant I, I think i'm saying that right um which is a <laughs> it, it's a messenger at arms a sheriff officer i think it's sort of an honorary title um and the current uh unicorn pursuivant is roderick alexander mcpherson uh, he's a fellow of the Society of Antiquaries of Scotland and sometimes secretary of the Oxford University Heraldry Society. See, this is the kind of, you know, thing I want after my name, these sort of things. Um, but yeah, you get a, you can have an official title uh, a, a, that involves a unicorn. Um, that, that is a very uh, prestigious thing to be. Um, so that's pretty amazing. Um, so I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about unicorns generally. I'm going to go into a bit of the history of the unicorn in Scotland specifically. Um and uh and yeah and you know uh unicorns appear seven or eight times in the bible uh referenced in the psalms um going to sort of some of the biblical allusions all kinds of things what people thought um pretty uh for for a pretty long time peter people were pretty convinced unicorns were real and the unicorn horn which they now think is a narwhal horn that everybody was trading around uh was was considered very medicinal, very valuable, uh, way, way, way up in throughout the uh, Middle Ages and the Renaissance. Um, 
and uh and yeah so so we're going to learn all about the unicorn horn and its symbolism and what it was used for medicinally uh so it'll just be it'll just be really really fun uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm so excited because this is the first episode of season six of the podcast. Uh, as, as I talked about last week on my little bonus episode of Sound Escape, um, I have a lot, uh, to share with you this season. I'm very excited. So next week, stay tuned. Uh, I'm going to be sharing a conversation I had with Gina Dodoglo, who you may remember, uh, from my Harry Potter theology episode. Uh, she's a wonderful guest, uh, uh, somebody I consider a friend. We, we met, we met on that, that evil space Instagram. (laughs) So, so you, you know, I'm always like, you know, you, you can fight the system and there are good things, but I'm, I'm glad that I, I, um, maintained, uh, contact with her, uh, with even with signing off the apps and I'm just thrilled to introduce you to her again um, and we talk a lot about uh, creating an authentic family culture um, what that looks like for both of us and both of us are Catholic converts she also has the unique perspective of parenting in a culture that is not her own she's uh, she's British from the UK um, but living in France, so she has an interesting perspective to offer there. So we get we get into some some thorny issues. You know, we talk about sleep training. We talk about uh, crunchy online mom culture. We we birth stories. We we've got a lot happening. So stay tuned for that next week. So very excited to share that with you. And I have a lot a lot more to share with you. So just you know, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And if you have time, I so appreciate if you would take the time to leave a review. You can leave a star rating on Spotify, uh, leave a star rating and a comment on iTunes. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, would love if you would follow along with Born of Wonder on Substack, uh, bornofwonder.substack.com. And you can contact me, marquettekatie at gmail.com or go to the contact me page at bornofwonder.com. All right, without further ado, let's get going. Let's start talking about unicorns. some of you recognize this theme song it is from a true 80s classic 1982 the last unicorn i remember watching this with one of my au pairs my german au pair natalie she loved this movie i think she watched it when she was little um you know because yeah because this i was this was sort of before my time as far as like being uh contemporary to me as a child but um it was a bizarre movie uh very melancholy as i remember i can't really recommend or not recommend it i don't really remember it but i sure do remember this song because it really gets in your head thank you america (laughs) for performing this song for us and uh looking at the cast list there are uh, a lot of a lot of names you'll recognize mia farrow is the unicorn we've got jeff bridges in here we've got angela lansbury um as 
as a witch. So there's a lot going on. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in there as sort of cultural touch point there for us. The 1982 uh, animated fantasy film, The Last Unicorn, based on a book by the same name. So um, as I remember it, it's uh, she's, she's the last unicorn in the world. And she sort of goes on this, uh, you know, hero's quest to find the others of her kind. But she finds them but then can't join them because she has sort of been tainted by human emotions and mortality so sort of an interesting message there um, because of course uni unicorns um, are, are such symbolic creatures right they are they are uh, pure and good and immortal and strong and brave I mean they are they have so so much symbolism behind them so for a unicorn to experience some um, you know of human life in a more complicated way maybe they couldn't rejoin uh, sort of the pure uh, herd of unicorns uh, so maybe some interesting questions to ask there if uh, if you if you brave the the 80s <laughs> <laughs> the 80s style to uh, dive into the last unicorn. So I wanted to start, though, with what started me thinking about unicorns, which is all about how Scotland uh, just embraces the unicorn because they're amazing. You know, Sc Scotland is amazing in every way. And whenever I just find out more about Scotland, I just love it even more. So now that I know that the unicorn is Scotland's national animal, I just it's it, it's so magical uh there's even a a national unicorn day celebrated in scotland to mark your calendar for april 9th to go ahead and celebrate national unicorn day i'm certainly going to be observing it now uh the unicorn was first used on the scottish royal coat of arms by william the first in the 12th century and then in the 15th century when king james the third uh gold coins even had uh, a unicorn on them and when scotland and england unified under the reign of james the sixth of scotland in 1603 the scottish royal arms then had two unicorns supporting a shield and when James VI became James I of England and Ireland, he replaced the unicorn on the left of the shield with the national animal of England, the lion, to show that the countries were united after all. So, and if you'll remember, I kind of had forgotten this, but uh, we do have a book of nursery rhymes that uh, we read to Jojo a lot and read a lot to her uh, as a baby. And one of them is, is this nursery rhyme about the lion and the unicorn fighting for the crown. And I hadn't really put that Together, that that was all about um, England and Scotland fighting. So uh, it's an it's an English nursery rhyme that goes: the lion and the unicorn were fighting for the crown. The lion beat the unicorn all around the town. Some gave them white bread, some gave them brown, some gave them plum cake and drummed them out of town. Okay, I'm a little unsure about the the baking references, but the lion and the unicorn were fighting for the crown. I get that. So England and Scotland fighting, but we have this symbol of unity with James I of England, formerly James VI of Scotland. Uh, if you look at a unicorn on a coat of arms uh, in Scotland, you will notice that the unicorn is bound. There's a golden chain usually around the unicorn, passing around its neck, wrapping all around its body. Uh, nobody really knows why, except they're guessing. Uh, the unicorn was seen as the strongest of all animals, wild and untamable, could only be humbled by a virgin maiden. Uh, very interesting sort of theology there. Um, so possible that the entrapment symbolizes the power of the Scottish kings, that they were strong enough to tame even a unicorn and sort of hold him in place. Um, 
and I already talked a little bit about the official job of the the unicorn pursuivant, <laughs> the messenger at arms role that I'm going to now aspire to. Uh, and uh, yeah, I did want to talk about how um, how the unicorn is uh, was used a lot actually in sort of spiritual devotions, especially in the Middle Ages. Um, uh, so, so for instance, in, in, in a lot of, um, medieval sort of theological stories, um, Christ is described as a spiritual unicorn, quoting from the Song of Songs, uh, 2-9, my beloved is like the son of the unicorns, and Psalm 92-10, my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of the unicorn. Um, Bishop Ambrose of Milan, the great fourth century theologian, uh, one of the early writers to equate the unicorn with Christ, he said, who is this unicorn but God's only son, the only word of God who has been close to God from the beginning. Uh, the unicorn's horn was said to be able to purify water, uh, and so for medieval writers, they compared this to Moses cleansing the waters of Mara, the priest consecrating the Eucharist at Mass, and Christ's own purification of the world uh, after the corruption of Adam and Eve's sin in the Garden of Eden. Um, it was even said that a unicorn would cross themselves but over the water before they dipped their horn. And speaking of that horn, um, it was seen to be an incredibly valuable item to come by. If you could find a unicorn horn, uh, this was this was something to really treasure because there were many, many healing powers uh, attributed to the unicorn horn. Um, and it was a reputable and expensive remedy during the Renaissance, um, and it was used quite often. Uh, so it was seen as one of the most valuable assets a, a, a person could possess. Um, they were given as diplomatic gifts. Um, you could purchase sort of chips of unicorn or dust from them from apothecaries uh, for healing well into the 18th century. Uh, sections of horns displayed in cabinets of curiosities. Uh, they were used to create scepters, royal objects, and all sorts of things like that. Um, and of course, used symbolically like they were in Scotland on a coat of arms. Uh, it said that the legendary unicorn could not be captured alive, you know, except by that, uh, by, by, by the Virgin Maiden. So of course, you'll also see many tapestries, especially these um, Flemish tapestries, which show uh, scenes of the Annunciation with a unicorn uh, lying on Mary's lap very interesting there, um, a symbolic association with virginity, making it a symbol of innocence and incarnation of God's word. And uh, of course, just all, all sorts of parts of the unicorn were said to have medicinal properties. In fact, uh, Hildegard of Bingen, St. Hildegard of Bingen, the 12th century abbess, doctor of the church, recommended an ointment against leprosy made from unicorn liver and egg yolk. So good to get a hold of that as well. You could wear a unicorn leather belt, which was supposed to protect you from plague and fevers, and leather shoes from uh, a unicorn were supposed to prevent diseases of the feet, legs, and loins. And there's this famous story dating to around the 14th century um, when we sort of get this this story about the unicorn cleansing the waters uh, when when he goes to a large lake. And this is quoting um, from the Physiologos says, but before they were assembled, the serpent comes and casts his poison into the water. Now the animals mark well the poison and do not dare to drink and they wait for the unicorn. It comes and immediately goes into the lake and making with his horn the sign of the cross renders the power of the poison harmless. So uh, 
very explicitly biblical there with even the serpent being the one to be poisoning the water. So this was a very, very popular theme in art and uh, sort of spiritual discussion and all kinds of things like that. So you'll see uh, in, in artistic renderings of the unicorn, you'll, you'll most often see them beside a river, a lake, or a fountain. Um, and it's, it's very common, especially in the art of the 16th and 17th centuries. So uh, that's just a brief overview there of sort of the, the history of this mythological animal. I always said, we were talking the other day and Chris and I were like, you know, of all mythical animals, I could see the unicorn having existed, you know, I mean, who's to say not evolutionary speaking that, um, you know, horses didn't at one point have a horn, like, why not? You know, that doesn't seem that outrageous to me. Um, so I don't know why everybody's like so immediately dismissive of, you know, oh, it was just an narwhal horn. Uh, maybe, who knows? Um, and who knows, maybe, maybe these mythical unicorns, you know, like, they're, they're only tamed, you know, in, in this very specific way by a truly pure heart. And uh, it, they're, they're, they were elusive even back then. So I would imagine they're especially elusive now. And, uh, but yeah, I, I've, I'm just captivated by them. I was captivated by them as, as a kid, as I said. I loved this series um, called Into the Land of Unicorns, The Unicorn Chronicles by Bruce Coville. Uh, I haven't read them since I was a kid, so I can't tell you if they're actually good or not. Um, but I was I was just uh, talking to my sister about them and saying that I need to check the library and I would love to check them out again and uh, and see if they're any good <laughs> um, because they were so fun. And uh, there was, of course, I was a horse lover. I was a horse kid. So um, unicorns were like magical horses. You know, I also loved Pegasus. <laughs> um, but I love this idea, though, of, uh, of sort of this this the the purity demanded by unicorns um that that sort of a, a a pure heart could tame this 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 incredibly strong beast and there's something beautiful about this uh you know giant animal with this uh powerful horn and mystical abilities um you know lying down uh, you know, at the feet of a young girl or something. Um, you know, I picture like Lucy with Aslan, just this, these images of like, um, ferocity and just humbling themselves in the presence of, uh, innocence and compassion and love. And, uh, I think, yeah, there's, there's just a lot to explore there, I think, theologically and spiritually and emotionally. So, um, uh, yeah, I hope this was fun to think about unicorns. Hopefully it gives you something to think about. Um, and I'm going to end today's episode with, uh, with, with a soundtrack from Black Beauty. It's the main titles. Uh, it has a beautiful soundtrack. Oh my goodness. Um, so sort of equine related right here. Um, it, it was a great movie. This is from the 1994 movie, Black Beauty. Uh, of course, based on the on the book by Anna Sewell, uh, who was writing, I, I believe it came out in 1877. So that was back in a time, you know, when animal welfare was not really something people talked about. And she was one of the first sort of advocates for animal welfare programs and, uh, and, and treating horses well and things like that. I remember Black Beauty was one of the first big books I read as a kid. You know, it was a, it was a, <laughs> I remember it was a thick volume and I was so proud of myself when I finished it and I was, I just loved it, of course. It was uh, Ginger and Merry Legs and um, it, it just, it's a beautiful story. It's a, it's a beautiful story of compassion um, for animals and for people. Um, yeah, so... 
Uh, I'm going to play you that that soundtrack now. Uh, hopefully it's transporting for you. And I hope this was, again, a fun episode. Uh, help you think, help you rediscover, you know, something, some of the magic in the world. Um, and uh, if there are some other mythical creatures you'd like me to do an episode on, send me an email. Uh, very open to exploring them. Love researching them. Love researching the history of these things. And would love to share them with all of you. So I hope you have a great week and I will be back with you soon. I'm Katie Marquette and this is Born of Wonder. about uh, being, it's about the things that matter to me, it's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing.